The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 23rd, 2023, season 19, episode number 54. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're into our mashup week, our mashup shows. This is the second of two. Uh, we've got Nick Harris. We've got Danny McCray. Uh, Danny's from Players Lounge, and Nick is from Talking Cowboys. And uh, so we're going to spend a little time today uh, continuing our conversation from last week. Last week we did a, we did our tri- trimester, first trimester review, and I had a lot of questions for you guys. Today we're going to continue that, but a lot of our questions are going to be fill in the blanks. So I'm going to let you guys just kind of riff a little bit. I got some questions for you. Before we get into that, though, um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things we saw this last weekend. I'm assuming you guys watched a lot of NFL football, mm-hmm. as we all do. We are all sports fans, first and foremost. So, um, and I see that little smile. We actually, when we were going on the air, we were talking college football. Danny still thinks his team has a shot. They do not. They're done. They are absolutely done. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, is still in the, in the mix. Listen, we, 2007, LSU lost two games, okay? We were going into we won the SEC championship, and I think West Virginia ended up. It was three or four teams was that, that ended up losing. Was that still in the days of BCS? Yes, it was BCS. Okay, so but, you're not even talking about the same but they, system. But they all lost. They all lost, and then that's what got us in there as a two-loss uh, team. But it was like every team that just needed to win to get in, they all ended up losing. Hey, Matt Flynn was like my first college football hero. I <laughs> so, love Matt Flynn. <laughs> and, we go in, and we go in there and we win it. So yeah. Tell you yourself know, what you need to tell I have yourself. To. I have to. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> He's wearing the right shirt today, though. We, we yeah. didn't even bring that up. Yes, we love the burnt orange. Keep that going. And, of course, your yeah, Astros tonight, game seven. Yeah. They'll be playing the Rangers. You're Rangers. Yep. Yep. So this yep. should be fun. We'll see how this, this plays out. It's been a great series. It's been really a lot has. of fun. I know. Like, I, I actually watched the baseball game more than I watched the Miami versus Philly game Me last too. night. Yeah. Me too. I, so. Honestly, I'm, I'm at – and I'm not a baseball Me fan. Neither. Like, I've, I used to – when I was a kid, I was a huge baseball fan. And when I growing up – collected baseball cards. I was all in and then literally just kind of fell off by the time I got to high school and haven't really followed it since then. But I've been watching this series. I've watched every game of this series start to finish. I'm like, you know, baseball is kind of interesting again. I love the the clock, the pitch clock. Like, I think it moves the game a little bit, which has always been one of my big pet peeves about baseball. But, man, I've been into this series. It's It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. I went to the game here, game four. Yeah. And that was the first Astros games that I, that I had been to. I remember on, on the show, Nui's asking me, like, can you name any players? I'm like, Altuve? I mean, right. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's like, I don't know, know anything about baseball. <laughs> and But when it comes on, just like LSU baseball, I'm like, I'm, I'm glued to the seat watching it. Like, I know exactly what's going on, but I just know, you know, three strikes. I don't know anything about yeah. four, two, six, double plays, all that. <laughs> I'm just watching to see who, who wins the game. So, yeah, it's been exciting. Man, LSU baseball at Alex Box. I've had some good times there. Baton <laughs> yeah. uh, Rouge does it right for baseball. Yeah. Well, they do it right for a lot of sports. They, they do. Get, they they do, get they sports. Do. They really do get sports. I don't know about the education part, but they get sports. <laughs> See, just when I thought he was going to win. You got to take. You gotta, you're going to give, you got to take. <laughs> All right, here we go. So I want to talk about week seven of the NFL season. Which was more surprising yesterday of these three games? New York wins over Washington 14-7. to Baltimore kills Detroit 38-6. to Or Miami wins last night 31-17 to over Miami. 
Eagles. I'm sorry, Eagles. Yeah, Philly. Um, mine is Detroit because um, I watched Detroit last year. I have an old teammate who uh, coaches for Detroit, Kevin Shepard, linebacker coach. And I and I, so I've been watching them more, especially with them on hard knocks. And I'm like, I can see them getting better. Mm-hmm. It's Detroit. And then now this year, you're like, wait, Detroit might be one of the best teams in the league. And I've been watching Baltimore. And you're like, they're still trying to figure it out with Munkin and this new offense. Can Lamar, you know, mix it up and be a passer and also a runner, but spread it out a little bit more with Odell. And it hadn't looked how I expected it to look. And then they go out there against Detroit, who I think is probably top two in the league, and they dismantle them. I'm talking about from start to finish, offensively, defensively, special. I'm talking about they just beat the brakes off of them. So, to me, I wasn't expecting it. And what I thought Detroit was, which they probably still are because it is the NFL, I just didn't know that it would be that dominating of a performance from Lamar Jackson because he looked like – the old MVP candidate. So that was the most surprising one to me. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it actually, I was watching that game yesterday, and I think it was 28 nothing at half, and I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, Baltimore's about to run away with this, and Detroit's a really good team, and Baltimore's a really good team. And so it made me think back to that San Francisco game. I was like, okay, these these games, they happen to other teams, right? <laughs> they do, yeah. So uh, it honestly gave me a little bit more confidence coming out of that one. But I also want to t- touch on Philly and Miami. Once Jalen Hurts threw that pick six, I thought Miami was about to really turn it up and, and run away with it, and it, it was the complete opposite. And Philly just came right back on on offense and marched down the field and they did it again and then their defense showed up um philly's defense really surprised me they gave up 10 points to that miami offense um and only you know the seven came on the defensive touchdown so i man they, they looked really good yesterday kind of that kind of scared me as the night went on i'll I, say that i i gave, I gave them a, a little bit of an asterisk just because the offensive line issues that miami had i yeah. think they, the whole left side was <laughs> were backups and the philly defensive line is yeah. Probably top two in the yeah, league. Yeah, you put so, Philly. For sure. And, and yeah, they, essentially, smart. their whole offensive line was backups at that point, and and it showed uh, in that game. But but Philly did. It was still surprising what they were able to do uh, with the receivers stopping the run. Yeah, they they played a hell of a game. So I'm still worried. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, absolutely. Yeah, speaking of that Philadelphia team right now, they are six and one. Cowboys at four and two in second place in the division. How big do you think the gap is between Philadelphia and Dallas? I think it's sizable. Um, there's definitely a different tier there. If it's tier one to tier two or tier two to tier three, I think it's one to two. But I, I think there is still pretty sizable gap there. Um, obviously, they have a really good opportunity here in two weeks. So it's, it's crazy that we're already getting getting close to that trip out to Philly. I'm really excited about it. Um, it we'll, we'll see how big that gap really is. I don't think that game will be as poor as the 49ers showing. I still think the 49ers are a step above Philly um, just because I feel like they're more complete. They've played more complete games to this point. Obviously, the Browns game is an exception, but you look at the Eagles and, and the loss that they had. So, uh, right now, I'd have it like 49ers, Eagles, and then in that second tier, you got Cowboys, Lions. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much the same. I, I do have uh, 49ers and Eagles kind of even at this point, just because <coughs> Philly. I think they have so many different ways to beat you. Like, if one way is – if the defense isn't working, they can get the offense rolling. If the passing game isn't rolling, they can get the running game rolling with Jalen Hurts and then also Gainwell and Swift. So, I think th- their ability to win in multiple ways, to me uh, – has them even with San Francisco, but then that is why we are under them because we always find a way to like, hey, all right, if, if one part of our uh, our team isn't working well, then it seems like it just kind of trickles all the way down through the rest of it, right? If, we can, if our running game isn't working, then all of a sudden we have to pass the ball a lot and then Dak is under pressure. Dak may be throwing interceptions. If we can't stop the run, then that affects us on offense and and special. T- like it just it yep. if, if something's not working for us, then we watch the game and we're like, wait, why isn't 
the other parts of the team picking <laughs> picking up the offense or picking up the defense. So I think that's why we're behind. But I do think we're getting better because we saw the offense kind of come alive a little bit. Dak Prescott say, I'm going to put the team on my back. And I think if he continues to uh, use his legs, we can then get up in that in that uh, that upper echelon of teams. That's a great point because I, as I was going back, I watched a little bit of film of past games this past weekend just because there was enough time there. When the defense is on, the offense is typically off. And it's, it's hard to get the defense to carry you to mm-hmm. a win. And when when the offense is playing really well, then it's the defense that's there's a little bit of we just need a little bit more <laughs> symmetry, man. And and that's a that's a great point to what we're talking about as far as tiers, because those good teams, whenever there's one side of the ball that's not quite clicking, they can trust that other side of the ball mm-hmm. to carry them to a victory. I would love to see that out of a Cowboys team at some point in the next few weeks. You can make a case that something like that happened in the Chargers game with the defense, but they, they really stepped up late and they were able to capitalize on a couple of poor drives from Los Angeles and then on the last drive with the interception. So uh, maybe see one of those nitty-gritty type of wins where one side of the ball really helps yeah. carry to a victory, preferably the offense, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. If there was <laughs> one thing that you would want to see from this Cowboys team that you think would lessen the gap the most, what would it be? Uh, efficiency on offense, top to bottom. I, I, I just, I, I feel like there's so much left on the table with the weapons that they do have uh, with Pollard in the run game. I, I know we talked about it in the last show, just getting more creative with him in the run game, uh, getting more of those receivers involved. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, yes, he has great numbers. He's leading the team in receiving right now, 11th in the NFL, but his potential is so much higher where he could be right now. And Brandon Cooks, that speaks for itself, um, still under 200 yards on the season. Get him involved. I just want to see efficiency around the board. You know, I want to see things happen downfield. A little bit more create, creativity all across the board I think if they can be more efficient on offense then they can be more of a complimentary team and obviously as, as we were just saying that that helps create a better football team yeah I just like to, to me it's just it's on Dak to me it's how creative can Dak be extending plays right because a lot of those plays that you see on Sunday when you're not watching the Cowboys you see the quarterback breaking out of the pocket run right run left all of a sudden it's a 40 yard pass down the field we saw Dak do it with Tony Pollard where he throws it back across his body and it's just an extended play of you saying okay everything is broken down I'm going to find a way to make a big play and I think just thinking back to Dak in his first couple of years, Dak was that. I can I just see Dak running and diving over guys into the end zone and improvising with his legs, and that's when he felt more comfortable before the injury. But I think we saw it last week to say, okay, all right, Dak is going to be that elusive guy to where, okay, it's not just, oh, he's sacked. He's going to find a way to break out of that sack and then extend the play. And I think if he does that, we can find a way to then win because that extends the drive, helps your defense out. You don't have to go crazy with – you know, 200 yard receivers, but you're finding a way to move the chains when the calls aren't working as they should. And I think that one demoralizes the defense, but then it helps your defense as well. And it kind of galvanizes the team to say, look at our leader. He's out there doing, putting his body on the line. And you saw him do that in his first few years and the injury kind of set him back. But last week I was happy to see it Mm -hmm. because I think that's a huge part of our success. So take the top four teams. I think these are the top four teams in the NFC and put them in order. You got San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, Detroit. Where would you rank them right now between that as one through four? That it, it was since I have to rank them. I don't want to do the recency that like the recency bias because we just saw Philly go out there and beat Miami, who put up seventy yeah. on uh, on Denver. But I'm going with Philly. <laughs> I'm going with Philly as number one because 
the, the multiple ways that they can win. They got the receivers. They have the D-line. Hassan Reddick went crazy last night. Like, there are yeah. so many different ways for them to win and so many players that can uh, impact the game. When I look at San Francisco, I'm looking at an injury to Christian McCaffrey that could then change the whole outlook of, like, mm-hmm. what we think about San Francisco. Like, oh, is McCaffrey playing? Oh, he's not? Okay, we, we can figure out a way to then just zone in on Purdy. So I think that's why I have them below um, – Philly, and then I have Detroit. Even though they got blasted uh, yesterday, it has happened to almost every team in the league where they go out and you're like, wait, that's not the team that I thought they were. And I think uh, Detroit is still a really good team. And then I will put us at number four. Yeah, I will go um, Philly, San Francisco. Uh, excuse me, San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, Detroit. And, and just the reason I give that edge to San Francisco is just, uh, gosh, they're so efficient in so many ways, and they have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. It's a really good point, though, about McCaffrey. If he if he goes out for an extended amount of time, then that's a really young backfield you're going to have all of a sudden. Like, do they put Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell in there? Uh, they're going to have to figure that one out. <clears throat> but they still have Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, who's taking right. another step this year. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think with Philly and San Francisco both, there are opportunities in that secondary to take advantage of especially with cj Gardner johnson now in detroit and leaving philly um but their pass rushes are so aggressive that it's hard to really take advantage of those secondary lapses and as far as the difference between dallas and detroit I think Dallas is just slightly more complete. I think Detroit can be really complete. They just need time. They need reps. I think by the end of the season, when we get to that week 17, 16 or 17 matchup against Detroit, we're probably looking up and saying, okay, Detroit's probably the better team here that's going to be coming into town. But as of right now, I have the slight edge to Dallas just because uh, I, I think they've they've shown some more grit in, in games like what um, – uh, Detroit had last night. Are, are you giving it to, to golf or Dak right now? Golf, for sure. Golf. I, give give it to Dak. Dak? I give it to Dak because I, I look at how, and I, I'll put it like this, the way Dak played last <clears> week, <throat> if you give me that Dak, I think it's better than what golf can give you. I think he will be, he's a better yep. quarterback than what golf can give you. Now, Dak, it's always been, in my opinion, with Dak, it's always been about consistency. Can you give me that same thing every week? Especially when you start talking about can you use your legs a little bit more? Can you force teams to respect the fact that if they're going to turn their backs and run and they're going to be in man man coverage, you can take off and run on them and you can hurt them like that. If team, if you force teams to respect that, it only makes the Cowboys better. I just don't know that Dak's going to do that every week. And by the way, I don't know if the coaches allow Dak to do that every right. week. You know, that could be a part of this too. Is it's not just Dak's call. It could be about how the offense, how they want the offense to run. But I think at his best, I think Dak's a better quarterback yeah. than God. I, I, I think he he has the the talent and the athleticism to be more dynamic than Jared Goff. Uh, as I watch Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions, I then go back to Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with the Rams. And they, they got rid of him. And they got rid of him. Yeah. But, but you're watching him now and you're saying, this guy looks like the, the guy who took him to the Super Bowl that season yeah. to where St. Brown <laughs> is all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like you're looking at this guy and you're saying, wait, where where is he coming? This is Detroit. Yeah. And Jared Goff was he 13 and four, well, now 13 and five over the last 17. I keep seeing that stat. He's been consistent there. And we can't forget that Detroit was Detroit. <laughs> like, we all looked at Detroit at the Stafford left and was like, they're sending Jared Goff there to end his career uh, because they, they have no faith in, in him as a quarterback. And he's kind of, you know, it, it's been rejuvenated there in Detroit. So I'm just, you know, I'm just just watching him. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Goff because yeah. what he went through getting traded from the team that he took to the Super Bowl and then, hey, man, you go out there and die in Detroit. And he's saying, <laughs> look, look at me now. 
So I think Detroit's a really interesting case too because just most likely, if you're looking at likelihood, Dallas is probably either traveling to Detroit or to the winner of the NFC South first round of the playoffs. Um, that's just kind of how things look right now. If the season ended today, they'd be going to Detroit. So that'd be right. two games against Detroit in the final three, or hopefully not final three. You know, hopefully they would win, right? <laughs> uh, but I, Wait, I think that's an interesting right case. Right now, who's leading the South? Um, Atlanta. They, they took, they took four the and three. Four and three. Four and three. And Detroit's yep. record is five, five and two, two right? Yep. So Dallas, I thought Dallas would be going if they, in the first round, they'd be going to the South to play the South winner, right? Uh, I think they're second in the wild card right now. And oh, they would be going the to the, okay. the third ranked division winner. Who's the, so, second, who's the fifth team right now? Seattle? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> I, I, thought Dallas, I thought Dallas right now was the top of the wild cards, but maybe not. Let, I, let me look really losses. quick. It'll take me like five seconds. But I, uh, I didn't I think, think anybody had more less than two losses. But it might also be when you get in those tiebreakers. Who knows? It's Seattle. Yep. It's Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, Seattle has, has a tiebreaker losses. over Dallas right now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. That makes sense. At four and two, which Dallas will have a chance to. All these teams, Dallas going to have a chance to play. Oh, to play. Almost, oh absolutely. All of them. Yep. So, so we will find out head to head what we think of <laughs> Dallas versus all these teams and how they rank up. That last month is going. Oh, it's going to be the wild. next couple of weeks, and then that last month is going. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, more than the last month. Yeah. you start thinking Thanksgiving on. It's yeah. going to be. It's going to be wild. I, I will say that stretch where you go Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Yesterday gave me a lot more confidence in that stretch with the way Buffalo played against New England, yeah. with the way Miami played in the second half against Philly, and then Detroit obviously against the Ravens. So maybe there's a little bit of positivity to yeah. take from yesterday. And, and the interesting thing about it is, you, as we all know. This is a sport of injuries. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to December, a lot of these teams, including Dallas, could look very differently <laughs> when you start thinking about how injuries factor in. So we'll see how that plays out as a part of this entire picture. We'll, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, i got these questions. We're going to do our first trimester review. Uh, i got a lot of questions for these guys. We'll do that in just a second. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Rally Days presented by SeatGeek give NFL fans an experience of a lifetime the day prior to Dallas Cowboys home games. On October 28th, enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse, get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium, and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. We are in the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's get into our first trimester review. We started last week. We're going to continue it this week. These are primarily going to be fill-in the blank questions I have for you guys. We're going to start with, I think, probably the biggest question that anyone has when they talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And here is the statement with the fill in the blank. Dak's play through the first six games has been blank. Inconsistent. Um, I think we we see some games like where we, we were playing New York and we're like, okay, this is very efficient. Like, oh, he's he's completing a lot of passes. He's protecting the ball. And then you go to other games and you're like, wait, was that – is that Dak being efficient or is that him not taking chances to stretch the field, right? So I think it's inconsistent for like what we believe we should see from Dak. And then you go into last week and you say, wait, Dak's using his legs. Where has this Dak been, right? And I think we, we expected to see this from the beginning of the season. So to me, it's been inconsistent. It's gotten better, but it's just been, you know, it, we, we don't know what, what Dak we're going to see when we go into a game. Run me through the sentence again. I want to be grammatically correct <laughs> with right. my answer. Dak's play through for, through the first six games has been blank. Leaving me wanting more. Um, uh, so I... I Again. That was one word. I thought, okay, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I'm kidding. You can go as, as short as you want. Hey, that blank can be a book. All right, right. You can go as short or as long as you want. That's why I left it blank. Okay, okay. I was just jealous. My <laughs> Leaving me wanting more. Um, again, we've seen glimpses of what we really want to see in this offense on a consistent basis. And it goes right into your inconsistency point. It's, uh, you know, Dak using his legs as he did against the Chargers. A big a big point for me that points out to me his, his leg usage was against the Patriots when he escaped in the red zone and had that first down and put his shoulder down and you know set up a touchdown in the red zone which was you know unforeseen at that time um but uh and then downfield we've seen the down ball action with michael gallup one-on-one just trusting him in those areas and putting it in a position where only he can go grab it i i've loved to see all of that i just want to see it more uh i want to see everything that he's doing good more um and i i would say that kind of plays into what the offense is kind of 
schematically built around as well. It seems like early in games, and especially on opening scripts, they're just keeping everything really centered and really mellow. I want to see them break out with an opening script. You know, have you utilize motion. There was a stat that was thrown out in Sunday Night Football last night. Uh, the Dolphins are utilizing motion on 86% of their offensive snaps. It feels like the Cowboys aren't even <laughs> touching half of that. So, you know, I, I want to I throw that out there. You know, I, I want to get Dak in positions where he can succeed more. Uh, but I think a, a lot of it falls on him as well. The um, If you guys, and, and I guess let's move, move on to the second question. Um, to be better, Dak needs to be blank. Fearless. <laughs> more yeah. fearless. And it, it's all, to me, it's all, all going to go back to using his legs to extend plays. And it's easy for me to say because I didn't go through what Dak went through with the – like I can imagine looking down at my leg and seeing it seeing it that way. I can imagine that there's some trauma there. Yeah. But – Some forever for him, trauma. For, so, yeah. But for him to then – like if he's able to get over that and then get back to using his athleticism – as he did at Mississippi State when he was beating LSU, then I'm like, okay, we, we're, we're rolling. We're cooking with something now because what we know is if Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, or Brandon Cooks, if they aren't able to get open, we still can lean on Dak. When you look at the team, the top teams in the league, especially the ones that were playing for the Super Bowl last year, you look at Jalen Hurts, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at Joe Burrow, you look at uh, Buffalo Bills, all these teams have quarterbacks who are dynamic enough to extend plays, use their legs to get first downs when everything uh, breaks down. And with us not having that, then I feel like that puts us behind. But when Dak is doing that, mm. that puts us right on level with, with the rest of those teams. So you're saying fearless more in the sense of being more athletic and trusting you trusting the legs? Yeah, put 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 it on the line, okay. what, whatever it is. Like, cause yep. we, that's what we used to see. Uh, oh, man, that, oh, he's going to go out there and do whatever he needs to do. That's, what, make Dak yeah. so, that's yeah. what makes him great. That's, that's what made him that, that type of leader because his teammates look at him and say, oh, he did that, our quarterback? I'm, I'm about to go do that, too. I'm 100% with you. I'm going to say fearless in the sense of not giving a damn about what happens outside of these doors. Because I think just being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, he's going to be on first take every morning. You know, He's going to be on the talk shows. I, I feel like at times it gets to him a little bit. You and do. It, that, yeah. That's interesting. I always thought of Dak and, and everything I've seen, everything I've heard from people who deal with him on a day-to-day basis is the opposite. That he is the, the most steady person they've ever seen when it comes to managing people's expectations around him and in the outside world. So you're saying you don't think that's I, I think it's starting to get to a point where it's starting to affect him. And I think the offseason really did that with the interception talk over the entire offseason. And that became like a thing in his head. Okay, I have to stop interceptions. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it. It was the question that was asked at the end of the New England game even. You saw a little bit of it. It was like, you want to piss me off, don't you? Talking about the, the Niners that were coming mm-hmm. up. And it, it, you, you can just see him get annoyed when certain questions come up. The turnover uh, things. The um, and Now it's the Red zone offense. Now he's kind of getting tired of answering those questions. Well, it's like, well, why don't you go out on the field and show that hey, I don't have any fear in these areas. I can I can try to make a play. I can force things and um, you know try to try to be that that Dak Dime guy that he has been in the past. Granted, he's made some great throws this season, but I don't feel like he's taking as many chances as he can because he's he's scared of the turnover situation. That's that's the way I feel. I want him to be fearless in that situation. Who cares if you throw three picks? If you win the game, you win the game. You know. So I I, I would love to see. And that's the thing, though. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, if you can, if you can win, a, if you can force that throw and still win the game, then force that throw. You know. So, because um, be right. we we saw in, we saw in, we saw in San Francisco, he came out in the second half, and it was almost like. Um, 
you were thrown the kitchen sink because yeah. you had to. You were down, what, 28 to 10 at that point. And that was when we saw kind of fearless Dak, but it was in a bad way because yeah. obviously it was three picks like within five possessions, I believe. So I, I want to see that on a consistent basis, just more efficient. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make a little bit wiser throws. That. I'm not saying go throw three picks in five possessions. I'm just saying bring that fearlessness on a, on a week-to-week basis because when you have it when it's a close game, 17-17 late in the fourth quarter, then you have a drive like you had uh, against the Chargers on, on Monday night. Uh, granted, it didn't end with a touchdown, but it ended with game-winning points. All right. So. All right, let's move on. McCarthy's offense and play calling through the first six games has been blank. <sighs> Great in between the 20s. <laughs> uh, like, he comes out and we're watching the game, and I'm like, oh, we're rolling, especially when the run game gets going. You're like, okay, scheming him up. Like McCarthy said, he's going to play to the defense to make sure he lets them get as much rest as possible in each drive with the kick. And then you get in between the 20s and you're like, okay, I'm okay with field goals because I do believe our defense is great. But it would be nice to convert some of these into touchdowns or just see that we're close to scoring a touchdown. Where Okay, it was just off by a little bit. We're seeing running plays to where it's like really, really vanilla. Uh, We're not seeing any – as much creativity as we had hoped when we get into the route concepts in the red zone. Um, Really enjoyed the Brandon Cooks mesh route, Mm -hmm. which we were like, okay, using his speed to get him all the way across the field. Those are the type of things you want to see in the red zone to kind of capitalize on the skill sets of your receivers. But, yeah, great in between the 20s. Red zone, uh, not so much. The The one thing I will say is, I'm happy with the field goals in the red zone because the one time when he decided to, okay, I'm hearing all the red zone noise, I'm going to go for it on fourth down, it mm-hmm. bit us in the butt, right? Yeah. We talked about it all season. We're going to play to the defense, and then we all started talking about it. Everybody on ESPN started talking about it, and then I felt like he heard it, and then he went for it. But then the next game you see him say, you know what? I, I put my earplugs in. I didn't hear it. Let me go ahead and kick the field goal. So, And by the way, your kick is balling. So yes, yes. That, Which right? is the surprise of the right. season. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, imagine if he wasn't, how bad this <laughs> no, might yeah. be looking at 3-3. Three and three. Right. Two and four. Maybe less than that, yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to say non-creative. Uh, and that goes back to what I've been saying, you know, the last couple of shows. Just utilize the weapons in, in, in better situations. Get the ball in the playmaker's hands in more creative ways. So, to be better, McCarthy needs to blank. Be more creative. <laughs> uh, no, I'll think of a, I'll think of a better answer here. You got it, Danny. Uh, to be better, uh, McCarthy needs to. I'm going to steal yours. Well, actually, it's not that. It he needs to play to the strengths of his the weapons that he now has. All right, Brandon Cooks. Like I'm always going to say. Line him up at number three, run him on a deep over, see who can keep up with him. Mm-hmm. All right? If you find somebody that can keep up with him, then okay, then, then, then find plan B. But I'm telling you, you're going to have a hard time finding a defensive back who can keep up with him running down the field like that because he has that type of speed. That is how you utilize one of your best player skill sets. CeeDee Lamb should be lining up all over the place, all type of motions, as you said. He missed his one motion with uh, Turpin. When he was out of the game, Turpin came in and ran into mm-hmm. the bunch route. But we should see more of that from CeeDee Lamb as we do see that from uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all those other receivers who you say, okay, you know they're going to face a lot of double teams. How can we still then get these guys open? I think playing more into that uh, is what 
Mike McCarthy can do to be better? I'm going to say put more trust in, in his quarterback. Uh, I, I think if there's more trust there to you know uh, create some things downfield, uh, to your point on Brandon Cooks, uh, then I think there's more big plays and more explosive plays that will be generated from that. Um, I, ha- I haven't loved the downfield passing game just in general. I mean, we have, uh, we have seen some opportunities where they've been able to capitalize on that, but I want a little bit more trust in Dak. I want, I want that comeback route to be thrown a little mm-hmm. bit more on the opposite hash that he's been so good at throwing at times in his career. Um, you know, I, I, I want to see him link up with C.D. Lamb more downfield, Brandon Cooks downfield. That just kind of goes across the board, though, and that could be in the running game as well. You know, I would love to see more read option with him and Tony Pollard. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got some questions about this defense. We'll do that in a second. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. It's spooky season at the Star. Join us on Saturday, October 28th for a Halloween spooktacular brought to you by Mars Candy. Trick or treat from 30 plus restaurants and shops in the Star District. Plus, enjoy a performance from a magician, spooky tunes from a live DJ, crafts for the kiddos, and more out on Tostitos Championship Plaza. This event is free and open to the public. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information. I just want to know what magician. Is it you, Beam? Are you you coming out with uh, your, your juggling act? He's negative. Busy. Negative. <laughs> negative. <laughs> negative. Okay, okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the final segment of the Break Lap Nest WBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, this segment's going to be brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We've got a few more questions I want to get to before we end the show. This question the defense through six games has been blank. <sighs> Not as consistent as I want them to be. <laughs> um, I think. As long as we're in a situation to where we're ahead and we're forcing the other team to pass, 
we are outstanding. Um, I do want us to be better in the run. Um, I, I was surprised at how well we played the run uh, against San Francisco. I, I was 100% surprised. But then I look back at Arizona and I say, I was surprised at how, you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't play the run as but well as we But is that the only have. game, like when you think about it, they played well against the run against the Chargers. Is that the only game where they had, where that whole, that old narrative of them not being able to stop the run has popped up? That is, that is the only game, but for as great as I want this defense to be, that is not a game where you say we're going to give up, was it 200? It was 200, yeah, right? Talking <laughs> about Arizona? Arizona, where you give yeah, up 222 yeah. yards rushing. That's not just a bad game against the run. That is a, that is horrible. Horrible <laughs> against the run. Um, so, like against a bad team, against, against yeah, a bad team. When you see that they're they're not doing much now, as, yeah. as you continue to watch them throughout the season. So, I think that is our Achilles' heel, and it has been for the last couple of years. Our physicality, and I want to see us continue to get better, and then have that be something that we stand on as we go into the playoffs. Like, hey man, when you play the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to be physical. Every yard you get in the run game is going to be earned. Like, yeah. they should be saying that about us. And if they do, knowing that what we have with our pass rush, that's when we become that defense to where you really fear, and we travel wherever we're going. Yeah, to a lot of those safe points. I'm going to say great, but not elite uh, as far as the defense. Uh, well, we've seen what elite could look like in this defense. The first two weeks, I mean, we're, we're coming out of week two talking about this could be one of the best defenses ever and then humbled really fast um, and then they turn around and have a really good performance against New England and we see what that potential looks like whenever everything is clicking and the pass rush is getting home they're forcing turnovers they're playing complimentary football uh, and then San Francisco and I think San Francisco is more so of a cause of um, the offense putting them on the field the entire first half and then eventually they, they broke um, I, I don't think you can have any team in the history of the NFL that's going to be on the field that long against that offense and not break uh, so I would say great but not elite um, I, I think there's a couple of things that they can do to be elite It's to, to your save point stopping the run uh, being a little bit more um, efficient in, in, in covering slot receivers specifically I feel like Jordan Lewis has had a couple of lapses at moments but he's had good moments at other times against New England really great but uh, against San Francisco there were some lapses against uh, the Chargers man that almost cost us the game I feel like um, so I would you say give him a little difference because of the fact that he missed uh, training camp and just kind of had sure. to kind of get himself going now he's going through that period during the season for sure but at the same time it's he's no different than the guy lining up across the across the line of scrimmage from him so he'd have to be ready to go yeah. um, and when you're battling a guy like Keenan Allen and there's trust there to battle a guy like Keenan Allen then I would expect him to be able to play up to his potential in that in that instance granted I'm not out on Jordan Lewis by any means there's a lot of people that are on, on the Twitter sphere where they're like oh let's get rid of Jordan Lewis let's yeah, figure this out and I'm like cool. man he's had a couple <laughs> back games he's still working himself he's up. a good player he's a great player yeah. he's a dog he's great for that locker room yeah. I think he'll have a bounce back performance uh, whenever he has an opportunity well there'll be a really good opportunity actually on Sunday there's <laughs> yeah. a guy named Cooper Cup on the other side uh, mm. but um I, I I think if I think it's great but not elite I'll, I'll, I'll leave it uh, listen and, and, and those people who speak that way about Jordan Lewis uh, do not have a full understanding of the slot corner being one of the most difficult positions yeah. to play on the entire football field. Yeah. Like you're talking about top top three. Like you got quarterback. You might be slot corner right after that, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, because there's so much space and the technique that you use on the outside, you can't use that same technique on the inside because there's a two-way go mo- most of the time. And if you're not getting the help uh, from a, a linebacker or safety, then you're pretty much on the island by yourself with more space than any other uh, position on the field. And you're going to see the best receiver every single week because <laughs> in today's NFL, they figure if you got a number one receiver, you figure out a way to get him into the slot. 
because you want to be having given those opportunities to be able to work both sides. So, yeah, it's it's a tough position. And they're motioning you, so now yeah. you can't press. you got to come across the floor. Yep. Mate. Like, it's yeah. so Everything good. about it makes it challenging. <laughs> Everything about it. All right, um, if Dallas could upgrade any position before the trade deadline, it would be blank. <laughs> I'm going to go say linebacker. Um just with the way the depth looks at that position, I was close to saying running back. And I, I've been off that running back point for a while, but I was watching football yesterday, right? And <laughs> as you do. And the, the teams that succeed in their running game, they're multiple in the running game. It's either a quarterback that's really dynamic or it's two running backs that can bounce off each other and they feed off each other really well. They play two different style um, you know, running games. I feel like the Cowboys, they really don't have the, the lone running game with Tony Pollard. But I want to speak to my linebacker point. The depth there I, I feel like even if Leighton Vander Esch is able to come back at some point this season you need a reliable option in that second level because you know it takes one more injury and then you're looking at a playoff game where you're potentially having to start either you know Rashawn Evans or Marquise Bell in that second level and granted Marquise Bell played phenomenally against the Chargers but you can't expect him to go out there and play like that every single week he's still a safety at the end of the day so um, I, I would like to see a little bit more depth in that second level if you ask me yeah if I'm if I'm upgrading the position and and, and, and shoot me for this one uh I, I'm going interior defensive lineman. I I want because what we saw San Francisco do to us is they utilize the double team almost every snap, and they said we're just going to get you off get you off the ball. And I watched Philly play last night, and I'm watching those guys that like hold point on double teams and free up those linebackers, giving them the room to run. And if they're a step late, then they're not automatically getting hit by the left tackle or or, or the right guard or whatever lineman who's not getting held on point. I want to see us get. I remember. Um, Are you saying a one tech or a three tech? Either one at this point. Um, I, e- either one. I'm, I'm thinking of Phil, Philly last year picked up Indama Kansu. Oh, in in season like late in the it's season. Late in the was season. That last year. Late in the season, and to me, to me, it was a guy who then changed changed some stuff for them on on defense. Yeah. When we uh, went and got Mozzie Smith, we got Mozzie Smith because we said, okay, we were. My, my thought is we getting bullied uh, when we get into these physical games. We watched the Denver Broncos game. Then we ended it off with the um, San Francisco game. And you said, okay, we need to get more stout in here. Doesn't have to be a pass rusher, but we need somebody. We say, hey, he's going to hold point and allow, allow everybody else to uh, run freely. And I just don't think we have that right now. Our defensive line, especially in the pass game, is, is next to none. But as far as in the run game, if we were going to upgrade, I'll I take interior defensive line. Well, let me ask you, if if you could get a linebacker that's just a dominating run stopper, would that would that kind of fill what you're looking for at the same time? Or do you you want some guy you want somebody up front? I want somebody up front. Okay. I want somebody up front um to, to take on those double teams, to be a disruptor, move the line of scrimmage back because with the talent that we have with D Law and Michael Parsons, and then I I think that allows Damone Clark to play a little bit more freely if uh, Leighton Vanderesh come back comes back healthy. I think you see a different Leighton Vanderesh when he doesn't have those offensive linemen getting pushed back into his lap. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I would rather upgrade that yep. that position. You know, it's so unfortunate. I did a lot of draft prep in the in the last week. This is a really good defensive tackle class, and I yeah. was like, did they draft a defensive tackle <laughs> a year too early? Too early. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting to me though. I, I do think they have they have a disruptor in Osa. I think Osa mm-hmm. is a, a good three technique from the standpoint. I do think he gets in the backfield. I think he's he makes plays for you. I think they got a good one technique in Hankins, who can clog things up, who can take on a double team without getting moved. I think the issue is. Neither one of them can give you much in the other way, right? It, which may be what you're saying. Like, it, 
you got a one technique that can hold up, but he ain't going to give you much right. disruption. You got a three technique that can get into the backfield and penetrate and make plays, but he ain't going to yeah. necessarily yeah. hold up on a double team. Right. And, and and so are what is what you're saying that you want a defensive tackle that can do both things that can in some instances hold up at the point of attack to force or to, to allow its linebackers to be able to run free and at the same time on a third down be able to get upfield and go and, disrupt and I, I think that is both right because if you don't hold a double team long enough and you have a disruptor up there he's going to wreck the play yeah right and if you do have a guy who can hold a double team and they have to because he's a disruptor then that allows the, the then line, right. linebackers to run freely so both but a player who has has that full skill set to say, all right, we need to focus on this guy who who's on the interior defensive lineman because we don't handle him, then we don't have a play. How I many of those guys exist though? Like when I think around the league, obviously you got your Aaron Donalds. You got, I think Philly's got a few of those yeah. kind of guys, that, right? In they, our they, division, you know, yeah, they got a few of those guys. It feels like they have like. Um, you, you look at you look at New York. I think you could maybe say that about uh, what's uh, the, the Dexter guy, Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence, yeah. You know, uh, Washington even has a couple mm-hmm. of those guys. But I just don't think when you start looking around the entire league, I don't think most teams have guys that do both things well. That's right. That's why, you know, yep. it was imaginary. You know, you can upgrade. <laughs> right. if, if I had an ideal world, if I could upgrade the position, I'll go, that's you, you know, get. on Madden, I'd give me a guy and say, hey, you put him right. Like, that's the guy I want there. But, yeah, yeah. it is hard to find those guys. Um but you know, I, I wish I wish we could maybe because just, because cause those other teams have been able to to find them. Maybe they just kidnap Aaron Donald. Maybe maybe they yeah. just yeah, yeah just go get him. You got an extra room somewhere. Or something. <laughs> but I tell you that they, like they got Dallas got Mozzie Smith. You get him later in the first round. That may be the difference between a, a defensive tackle you can get later in the first round and these guys mm-hmm. we're talking about who are you know top ten, top yeah. twelve, top fifteen type players. It's going to be a much harder. They're going to be much better players probably because their skill set suggests they're much yeah, better. You're looking at Carter and you're saying, uh, yeah. man, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. watching Philly, yeah. you're like, oh, that's yeah. that's that's what I want. Right. <laughs> that's There's what I no want. way he should have dropped as far as he yeah. did, but yeah, he's that's exactly right. And Mozzie Smith could be that. I, I'm not saying he can't. It's early. Right. It's early in his career. I'm just saying, you know, when you draft a guy in the first round, to me, you're like, all right, I want to see that guy play now and, and be that type of disruptor, which he hopefully he can. But my upgrade as of right now yeah. will be there. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go to the next question. Uh, the biggest surprise this season has been blank. Give me Brandon Aubrey. I did not expect him to be this efficient. Uh, this this and being like the the safety net, uh, sixteen for sixteen, uh, starting his career. If you had told me midway through training camp that that's what we'd be looking up at, I'd be telling you you're crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember we had that that very last campfire podcast at uh, in Oxnard. It was the day before we left, and um, Haley Sutton had proposed the question, "What's your confidence level in Brandon Aubrey right now?" And I think I maybe had the highest, and it was at like fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. And to be where we're at right now with probably a good 95% confidence in Brandon Aubrey every time he steps out there. That's a huge surprise to me. So I, I'm, I'm just going to say that. Leave it positive. Well, since you went positive, I'm a little opposite. <laughs> go ahead. I mean, go ahead. You know, because we, we, we brought up the kicker early. You still, no, I'm kidding. You didn't steal it. Um, it's... <laughs> It's the lack of a production from Brandon Cooks. Before we go into that last game, he had under 100 yards through five games of the season. Yeah. And you watch Brandon Cooks at any other team that he's been on, and he, he's been more than serviceable if he has a quarterback. And even with Houston last year, I think he had 600, 650-something yards, something like that. And they were, were in a two-quarterback system against us, right? So and no the matter, most dysfunctional right? team in the NFL. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so no matter who he's been around and what team, he's been productive. And then to make it five games through the season and only have 72 yards, that is the most surprising uh, part, especially from what you were hearing coming out of training camp of like, 
okay, he's fast. He's bringing a different uh, different type of leadership to our uh, raw receiver room as well. But the connection with him and Dak, you're going to see it early. And you just you just didn't see it, just knowing how fast he is and how productive he's been. And it's interesting, during training camp, I, I, every day in practice, you saw them going downfield a lot. And I was, I was actually, that's what I've been shocked by is, in camp, you couldn't have told me that this would be a team that is taking its shots downfield more regularly, especially with the, the, the guys you got, the speed you got on the, uh, that, with guys in, in your receiving core. They just aren't doing it as much as I thought they would based on what I was seeing during training camp. I expected them to use that a lot more as a part of their offense, and it doesn't seem like that's as much a, a, a staple. And you can see the desire because you see Turpin getting integrated <laughs> yeah. in some weird situations, whether it be on an end around or handoffs in the red zone or trusting him on that deep ball in San Francisco. But where's that with Cooks as well? You know, like let's 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 divvy up the trust a little bit. You can tell that they want to utilize that speed. I just feel like there's there's kind of a gap there between wanting it and understanding it. Do, do we still believe that Brandon Cooks is the Brandon Cooks that, that we hoped we would get yes. when he got drafted? I still absolutely believe so. Right? Because I, I, so. I do I as well. Believe. I just want to make sure that we that it's not that. Like, we I saw, still think we that saw it during training camp. And by the way, he was going up against the same defense that we think has potential to be really great. And that was with mm-hmm. Trayvon right. Diggs. And he was making plays. So, yes, I think he still has the ability. I just don't know for whatever reason, whether it's the scheme, whether it's the play calling, whether they're just not – using him that way for whatever reason it's not showing up on Sundays I don't think it's a Brandon Cook's problem yeah, at all me yeah. neither because I, I I can't go I can't watch what he's done at every squad and be yeah. like okay all of a sudden he got here and then he just he just lost everything I, yeah. I, I he's can't. only 30 it's not like he's like late in his career <laughs> right. you know, everyone talks about him being the seasoned veteran he's just turned 30 he's, he's Dak's age you know yeah. so alright we appreciate you guys joining us we'll back to our normal schedules tomorrow man I appreciate you guys coming and sitting in with me it's been good it's been great we've had some great conversations now y'all go back to your show alright we appreciate our, our you guys show. No, no, show. you guys got great shows not, not the best show no 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 this is hopefully a good opportunity for people that may not have known about your shows to now know hey man this is some good stuff go check quick out pub go shows. ahead and tune into talking cowboys 9 a.m the best show here on the dallas cowboys radio network like we, we get it done we have fun we got four guys like who have really good opinions come on pop, pop in give us a shot i like it i like it do that all right we appreciate you guys joining us until tomorrow uh from nick harris danny mccray i'm Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!